What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Do you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rose, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Dew Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Fox creeping forward. He pulls up. 18-footer. Aaron Fox puts the Kings on top. Takes one, stakes twice. Gives the belly. 35-foot three for the win. Nibania, Bielitsa. It's with us every day, man. When we're done, we can go chop it up, eat, golf, whatever you want to do. For 40, 48 minutes, I ain't about them games. Welcome back to another episode of the King's Pulse podcast presented by the King's Herald. My name is Brandon Nunez, and we have Rich Ivanowski on here, as we always do. What's going on, Rich? How you doing, man? I'm doing great. I uh, am feeling the love of the King's Herald family. Uh, as you just mentioned there, we should talk about it a little bit. It could have passed some listeners' ears. Uh, we are now part of the King's Herald. You, first of all, I don't think I ever congratulated you on on joining the team. So, congratulations, man! How is that suiting you? Man, I, you know, I've been eyeing the spot for a, a while when it was all the Sacktown royalty guys, and obviously the complications with that type they've moved on. But I'm glad to be a part of that group, man. We've had a lot of the guys on the show before, uh, so there was a little bit of a relationship there. But it's good, man. I'm. I will say I was surprised by uh, the number of comments on posts, and that's enjoyable. But, yeah, no, I uh, I got to pump through a few more articles, but I'm glad to be on board, man. I really appreciate that. And I'm definitely glad to have them affiliated with the podcast here as well, have some of those guys on here even more often than we do now, maybe figure out some fun segments with them and things like that as well. Yeah, you'll be getting more Tim Maxwell. I think you'll be getting a lot of Bryant West as the – draft approaches in the next uh, three or four months here, October 16th. They moved it back a day. Um, but, yeah, uh, I think it's, been, it's, it's crazy, man. Think back to our first couple episodes. It, I think it's nice to take a moment to enjoy <laughs> that. Uh, I don't think that we expected to be part of this group that I know that we both really highly respect at this point. Yeah, I'm, uh, like I said, super glad to be on board with this for sure. And, yeah, first episode was <laughs> – that does feel like a very long time ago and a lot of steps have been taken uh, since then for sure. And this is a big one. I think that this is going to do well for the podcast, and I'm glad to, like I said, get some more of those insightful voices, guys that really know what they're talking about with the team and different perspectives. It'll probably lead to more content for King's Pulse here and – yeah, I'm uh, I, like I said, man, I'm excited for this, and I think it's going to be really good for the pod here. And also for anyone listening, especially if you are listening from the Kings Herald Post, let us know, and you can come on the show and talk about the Kings. Uh, Brendan's done a 916 man segment numerous times. Just anyone that is a fan of the of the team, Um reach out and we'll bring in the podcast. So you can talk about the Kings. Um, and aside from that, make sure you check out uh, what's go- going on over there. Obviously great content is coming out of there constantly. Um, I want to give a second to plug myself and Brendan in our first 
written collaboration that came out uh, Monday afternoon. We did a mock draft of the lottery, went through the first 14 picks, including a Kings pick. Do you want to talk about that for a second, especially your pick for the Kings? Oh, yeah. So just to kind of – we'll run through it really quickly. Uh, We did a tankathon simulation. It was – and then you and I switched off picks. And so Anthony Edwards, LaMelo Ball, um, just to kind of quickly go through who was off the table. Anthony Edwards, LaMelo Ball, Onyeko Kungwu, Killian Hayes, Obi Toppin, Devin Vassell, um, Cole Anthony, James Wiseman, Therese Halliburton. And then when you reach 10 here, you have Phoenix taking Isaac Okoro, 11 taking Denny of Dia, and then at 12 was sitting Sacramento. And, man, if they were one spot above, I would have loved Okoro or Denny to go here. And then being 12, I mean, it kind of, to me, I was really looking at a wing, even though I like Maxi or, or Kyra Lewis. I mean, we've touched on, I mean, those guys would pretty much be backup point guards is what you'd be talking. So I felt like it needed to be a wing. And the decision was between Sadiq Bay, Aaron Neesmith, kind of like I feel like there's a good chance of that happening. I mean, there will be other names thrown in there like a Patrick Williams, but I've talked of wanting a high floor guy. And I think Sadiq Bay is kind of the safest here. I know you wrote about him recently, um, and he's never going to be your third best player or anything like that, but I don't think he would be all too far off from potentially sliding into a starting small forward role. It would take a little bit of time, don't get me wrong, but just a guy that can come in and be a passable 3 and D wing with good size of 6'8". Admittedly, defensively, I'm more skeptical on Neesmith than most, despite his plus wingspan, and then also I feel better about Bay than most probably with some lateral quickness concerns. But, yeah, I mean, I kind of just went for the safe wing here in Bay, but I I, I could be talking to Neesmith. I totally understand it. Um, I mean, same with Pat Will at times, but, yeah, I ended up going Bay there. And I think that going through this mock was, was actually really fun to do, and it made me realize that it does kind of feel like 12 is almost a teardrop off in a way. Yeah, um, I was definitely tempted to pick someone else for the San Antonio Spurs at 11 just to give the Kings a good player, but I'm not going to do that just to to make it easier for you and and for Kings fans. Um, I think it's a pretty realistic uh, chance that the draft plays out like that. Um, Your choice of Bay I like. I think I could really get behind it for the Kings because, you know, for all the reasons you've laid out, in them needing a high floor player, um, yeah, I mean, he just comes from a school that just makes, you know, plug-and-play guys. There's been five draft picks from Villanova since, uh, sorry, six since 2017. Um, and those guys, for the most part, like, came in and were pretty much ready to go with a couple exceptions. But Josh Hart, Omari Spellman, Jalen Brunson, Mikal Bridges, Dante DiVincenzo, and Eric Pascal. Yeah. That's a pretty good hit rate. Um, I do think that he's got some real upside questions, like you mentioned. My upside pick there is definitely Patrick Williams. I'm starting to get really high on this kid from Florida State. Uh, but, yeah, like, you know, I mean, the Kings could also really mess up the development of, of a guy like Pat Will and uh, Bay would be the the safer choice. Yeah, you know, what was your most 
diff- we won't get all too deep into it, but what was like your most difficult pick in this mock that you had to do? I think early on was hard. I think that's kind of just how it goes in this draft. There just isn't any obvious number one guy. I think it's not a super clear top three, not a super clear top five. Um, you know, from pick one to pick three to pick five, like I think those were honestly the hard. It, it got easier as time went on because you can kind of grab whoever falls out of the tier. Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. I, you know, I might argue that Sacramento was my most difficult because, I don't know, some of the ones at the top, like I guess LaMelo and Killian, I would, I like Killian better, but for a team that like we had Detroit bump up to number two where they would just have nothing going on in in regards of a rebuild core or anything like that, then maybe you can just sort of have him as an engine there, so... I don't know. Yeah, there were some difficult ones at the top for sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, anyone that wants to check that out, definitely go read it at the King's Herald. Let us know who you would have picked there at 12. And yeah, we've been doing a lot of draft content here as well. I know we're going to keep up with that uh, in the near future here. And then also on the King's Herald, you wrote recently kind of what we're going to dive into today about the schedule release and how the Kings are completely screwed over. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we've been wanting to do some more draft stuff, specifically we want to get to Poku, but I think um, there's a little, you know, because the draft is now a little bit further away down the line, we want to get to the more pressing news, and the bubble schedule was released for all 22 teams on Friday night. Um, and yeah, I mean, so I'll just read off the Kings schedule real quick and we can get some first impressions. Um, in order, their eight games will come against the Spurs, the Magic, the Mavericks, the Pelicans, the Nets, the Rockets, the, Pe- the Pelicans again, and finally the Lakers. Any first impressions there? Initially, what I saw it was, I mean, I just think of Sacramento as a really streaky team, especially at times this season. And for the first two games specifically to be against the Spurs and the Magic, which are some of the easier opponents that are going to be at the bubble in Miami, or I'm sorry, in Orlando, I I really liked it. And, you know, there's a couple difficult ones. Like you look at Houston and the Lakers being the last game, you would think that maybe they're resting, although this is obviously unprecedented and maybe they're trying to get back into a groove or something. But overall, I mean, it feels like a somewhat easy considering the talent that was available for them to play schedule as it technically was supposed to be, right, since Sacramento had a one of the easier schedules remaining throughout the rest of the season of the regular season that didn't end up happening. Yeah, that's what they say. They say that it's supposed to be a direct reflection of their remaining schedule, but yeah, I have questions about that, considering that the Kings' next game against a bubble opponent was the New Orleans Pelicans. Obviously, that game on March 11th, I believe it was, was canceled just seconds before tip-off, um, and everything. There's all this chatter about you know, you'll just play the next team you were supposed to play in the bubble. Well, no, obviously not. <laughs> the league cannot risk uh, Zion Williamson's first game back being against the t- the the Kings because no one would watch that game, right? Like, just, there just wouldn't be any viewership. I think that's what they think is really going to happen. 
Yeah, that one definitely confused me because, yeah, like you said, I mean, the whole pitch was you're just going to kind of play it in the same order, and obviously there's going to be kinks you have to work through, but instantly thrown out the window. First game, it's like, no, I think we need to put the Pelicans against someone more entertaining, and also playing them on the very first game also leads to uh, them having a little bit more rest on some days, right? And that was kind of the whole thing that you would realize diving into this, that it's the rest mainly rather than the opponents that's really screwing the Kings over, right? Yeah, I think the opponents are fine. Um, there's something to be said for throwing out strength of schedule altogether. I know Bobby Marks of ESPN said, you know, do not think about strength of schedule with this with this remaining eight games because it's kind of going to be reversed. Because if you've got, like you mentioned, the Lakers, seeing them in their last game, they could easily be resting. I do not think, you know, the Pelicans have a losing record. They're going to make your strength of schedule by win percentage look really good. You probably don't want to play them because they they have, like, the most to play for of anybody. Um, so, yeah, I mean, maybe it's not a good thing that the Kings are playing a lot of teams that are kind of on the edge of the playoff picture. That's a really good point. I hadn't considered that, actually. Um, yeah, I mean – the Spurs and Magic, both teams that are really fighting for positioning. Spurs are, you know, fighting to make it. The Magic um, as well. And, yeah, that, that is a really good point. And most of the games kind of come against teams that are really battling for a position like that. So, yeah, I definitely see see where Bobby's coming from with that. And uh, it would be nice to have a rest advantage in one of these every once in a while. Yeah, you know, a rest advantage would be nice. That was another thing that I feel a little bit uh, misled by with the league announcements. Um, they said that, you know, every team's going to play one back-to-back, and I, th- I feel like they were pretty outwardly spoken about that, and I, I think that's nice and it makes it feel even. But I also kind of assumed that that, mean, that had meant that every team would also play a team that was on a back-to-back. So every team would have one day of rest disadvantage and one every team would have one day of rest advantage as well. But the Kings don't have that. You can read about this. I wrote a pretty petty rant about it on the Kings Herald that was published on Monday. Um, <clears throat> but, yeah, the Kings will have an a truly stunning uh, four games at rest disadvantage in these in these eight remaining games. Um, they will not play any team that is coming off the back-to-back. Uh, that's, they're one of nine teams that will not get a team off the back-to-back. Then they are also one of only four teams to see an opponent that has multiple days of rest. Um, and they get that three different times. So there are six games out of 77 possible games where, you know, obviously everyone's going to have 100-plus days rest, at, you know, for their first game. So that's great. Let's set aside those first games back. There's 77 other games in Orlando. Uh, only six of them occur with one team or at least one team having multiple days rest beforehand. The Kings get three of those games. So that means that their game against the Houston Rockets one of their games against the New Orleans Pelicans and their game against the Los Angeles Lakers, 
they will be on one day's rest. The Kings will be on one day's rest, and those opponents will all have multiple days rest beforehand. So, yeah, stunning to me. Um, they'll be on. Yeah, they have. They do not get a rest advantage once. They get a rest. They get a rest disadvantage four times. No other team in the league is anything like that anywhere close. Um, for uh, you know, to, to just to just to go into like the most advantageous situations. Both Brooklyn and Philadelphia will have three games of rest advantage and only one game of rest disadvantage. And the more direct competition for the Kings in the Trailblazers and the Pelicans both have two games of rest advantage and one game of rest disadvantage. But uh, I I have a whole Excel spreadsheet about it that I put on Twitter. You can check that out at Ivanowski NBA. And I wrote a whole article about it on the Kings Herald. But any of this is frustrating to you as it is to me? I mean, yeah, it's got to be. Um, I'm just wondering, like, how this managed to happen. I mean, um, we won't get into all if this was intentionally, you know, Kings are bad to get the eighth seed and people want to see the Pelicans or Dame Lillard or John Morant. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it, it's got to be frustrating, you know. I think that it, it's not overcome – it's not – um, anything they can't overcome, it's not game-changing necessarily um, in, in a ridiculous manner, but these slight disadvantages are going to add up, especially in a time where, like you've said, it's been 100-plus days of rest for these guys. It's going to take some getting back in a game shape, and having one extra day of rest is going to make a good bit of difference for some of these guys, potentially. Um, so, yeah, got to think it's a little frustrating, but I guess this is what they're working with, and you want to kind of walk through these eight games, and like starting with the the first one, we have the San Antonio Spurs. I yeah, just before we do that, yeah. I will say for for my, just to get it out there, I do believe that this is somewhat intentional. Um, I don't know that they're like specifically going out of their way to screw the Kings, but. I think they are going out of their way to give advantages to big market teams. Like that's always how it's been. Um, when you look at the teams that have extra rest days, they're the money-making teams. You got the Pelicans, you got the Jazz, you've got the Lakers, the Houston Rockets, and the LA Clippers twice. So, I mean, those are those are just big-name teams in yeah. big markets. Um, and I don't know if that's insidious, but it is what it is. I mean, there's disadvantages of being a small market team, and it, this is one of them. I, I think it's it's undeniable that this is one of them. I'll also point out that the Kings have faced an above league average number of back-to-backs in each of the five past seasons. So the, the last five regular seasons, the Kings are playing more than average back-to-backs, including a league-high number of back-to-backs in 2016-17 and 2017-18. So I'll leave it there. I think it. I think it is a little bit. There's some. There's some BS going on there. Um, it, it shouldn't make or break your season. It's not going to explain why the Kings couldn't break the 30 win mark for so many years. But it's not helping, as all I'll say. There's no shortage of action going on at our exclusive partners, BetOnline.ag. 
Sports are slowly making their way back, and BetOnline is leading the way with the best odds and lines for all UFC, NASCAR, boxing, and soccer matches. If you need even more, they have simulated NFL, NBA, and UFC simulations all day, every day, live on their website. If you're looking for something else other than sports, BetOnline has hundreds of casino games, poker tournaments, and prop bets to check out as well. Visit betonline.ag and use promo code BLUEWIRE for a free welcome bonus. That's one word, BLUEWIRE. BetOnline, your online wagering experts. But with that, let's get into the schedule. I'm going to put a game out there to you, and I want you to give me, you know, is this going to be a win or a loss? We can talk it through. But let's try to predict the schedule, predict the wins and losses of the schedule, starting Friday, July 31st, against the San Antonio Spurs. Yeah, I mean, I think this is a win. I think that there could be concerns, I guess, because these Spurs have a little bit of an older team, but with no LaMarcus Aldridge there and DeMar DeRozan being the star of the team, I'm not all too concerned. I think that as long as they can score against the Spurs um, at a decent rate, I don't think that holding the Spurs, I, I don't think they're going to be a ridiculous offensive team themselves. So, yeah, I mean, I feel good about this first matchup. I think this is one of the easier ones you could have gotten if you're not talking like the Wizards, for example. So I'm going to go with the win. I agree. I strongly agree. I think this is actually like the easiest game on the schedule, most likely. Um, it's going to be weird because – you know, there's going to be some rust. So I don't want to say that I'm guaranteeing this is a W, but it feels like a pretty easy situation here. Um, yeah, as you mentioned, Spurs one of the worst teams in the bubble. They're missing one of their best players. Uh, and also, generally, um, I actually don't know if this is true this year, but the Spurs uh, are usually very good at home, and obviously they will not be at home. So, yeah, I I feel really comfortable going with the win here. Um, And if you're ready, I'll jump into the next game, which is against a team that does have a a strange version of home court advantage. Uh, Sunday, August 2nd, the Orlando Magic. Yeah, I mean, I – Side note, this was probably my favorite game I went to of the Kings this year. One of uh, the home game where Fox had like a ridiculous and one at the end. They actually ended up losing. I think it was uh, Aaron Gordon put back. But, yeah, I mean, this is kind of the same thing as the Spurs. Like, as long as you're not getting all too locked up, I think that you can't have anyone aside from Bucevic really doing work against you for Orlando. Um, This one... This one does make me more nervous. Like you're saying, this is a team that really has something to play for. Although I feel, I mean, they're mainly playing to kind of skip into that seventh seed where they're half a game behind Brooklyn because five and a half games behind them in the ninth seed's Washington. So I don't know. I, I'm I'm nervous about this one, but... You know, it's one that I feel like could kind of go either way, and I'll go with a I'll go with a win here. I think that Sacramento kind of just needs to pull this one out, and I'm going to say they're riding a little bit of momentum from that first game against the Spurs. I agree with you. This is 
trickier than it first looks. Um, 30 and 35, the Magic are. But, yeah, and I really do think it could go either way. Um, I don't know how much the home court thing is going to take into effect. I, I don't know if that matters at all. There's no fans in the crowd, you know, so it's not like they have that element of it. So it is super – this is a borderline one. But I'm going to say win because I think they have to win it if they're going to make the playoffs. But I'll put this one down as a borderline win. Um, let's move on now to an undeniably tough matchup against the Dallas Mavericks on Tuesday, August 4th. Yeah, the one where we're just going to see nonstop Luka tweets from everyone. Uh, I, I mean, I kind of just feel like this one's a loss, to be honest. Like, I feel like Dallas is a comfortably better team than Sacramento, and having a star guy that you can go to even if he's not necessarily going to be in amazing shape like the rest of them, um, I think kind of puts Dallas over the hump here. And they have a lot to be playing for. I mean, they could potentially sneak up into the fourth seed. Um, I guess depending how much that matters, it's kind of about who they're going to want to be playing in the opposing rounds. But, yeah, being two and a half games back from the fourth seed when they're sitting in seventh right now, there's a lot of variability with their rank, uh, with their rankings. So I think they have a lot to play for. And I mean, having the one star player and, you know, Porzingis obviously being up there as well, I think puts Dallas over Sacramento here. Yep. They're a much better team. And I definitely think they have something to play for, you know, maybe it doesn't matter seed three through six, but they really want to get out of that seventh seed, I'd imagine, because they do not want to play the Clippers in the first round. So, um, I don't know. Maybe they're a decent team to match up against them, but I don't think anyone really wants the Clippers in the first round. So, I, I think they'll be playing hard, and I think that is a loss as well. Um, moving on here to uh, the matchup on Thursday, August 6th. First one against the New Orleans Pelicans. This was also the first game where the Kings will be at a rest disadvantage. Um, they they get the Pelicans on multiple days rest here. This is a tough one, right? This is a tough one, and this kind of feels like a make or break one pretty early on. Um, yeah, man, I really, I'm really torn here. I mean, I I want to. It's another one that really could go either way, and oof. I mean. I feel like they split the series with the Pelicans. They play them again later on here. Um, so I don't know which one I want to say. Like, uh, I guess I'll say they – they. I guess I'll say they dropped this one. They just lost the game before. Um, but I, I don't know. Like I said, I think the Pelicans ones are going to be close. They're going to be the most fun games, assuming that both teams are still in and out at that point. Um, since they're direct competitors there. And, yeah, I mean, I'll say I'll say they dropped this one, I guess. But it's it, these are going to be close in the most fun and telling games to me. I have the same logic as you. I think that most likely outcome is they split it against the Pelicans. And I'll say this one's the loss because it's the rest disadvantage one. Um, and here's hoping, they, here's hoping they win them both. But 
you know, I think they can win the second one uh, later on. Uh, but let's move on here to uh, this is the back-to-back for the Kings. So very next day, Friday, August 7th, they get the Brooklyn Nets. I mean, with no Wilson Chandler, this has got to be a win. No, I'm not a... I'm not all too worried about the Nets. It is their one back-to-back, but I, I just don't see the Nets as the most threatening the team. Like, I guess they're really pushing to not be that eight seed and see Milwaukee in the first round, but to me, they're kind of out of it in the first round no matter. Um, yeah, I, I, I just think that the Nets are also one of the easier teams that are going to the bubble, so... I'm going to mark this one up as a win for the Kings. Yeah, I agree. Um, No Wilson Chandler, no Kyrie, no Durant. Um, And then they just broke about an hour ago that Spencer Dinwiddie was tested positive for COVID as well. So, um, and that is putting his appearance in Orlando in question. Um, But yeah, just in general, I think the Kings are probably a better team without Kyrie and Durant on this squad. So, yeah, even despite the rest disadvantage, I think this was, you know, to give credit to the schedule makers here, they didn't give them a, 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 real, a real beast of a team on the back-to-back. Um, you know, I'll, no, I'll also note on the Pelicans back-to-back, they get the Wizards, which is the worst team in the bubble, so they did them even a bigger favor. But, yeah, um, I'll go win here pretty comfortably. And... Um, then I think we have what could be the hardest matchup of the schedule Sunday, August 9th against the Houston Rockets. Yeah, I also think this is the most difficult game. It's kind of got to be mainly because that Laker one, I'm feeling like they rest on the very last day, at least aren't going all out, um, being pretty comfortably in that one seat already. <sighs> yeah, I mean, like you said, it's the most difficult game. I think they're clearly outclassed. I think Houston was in a really good swing getting used to Covington being a part of the lineup. And, yeah, I mean, I I think that this could – they just really need to not get blown out because you can't have that bad momentum and taste in your mouth going into that next Pelicans game. But this is a loss for the Kings for me. Yeah, I think it's a loss. I think that the Rockets – you know, I, I don't know how much they have to play for. I think they want to avoid falling into that seven seed. Um, but there's also a chance they don't care. You know, if, if they end up in that four or five spot, which I think is pretty likely, they may not care whether they're the four or the five because there's no home court advantage anyway. Um, you know, you're pretty much on equal footing as the four or the five. So, um, you know, there's a chance they start to take their foot off the gas. I think it's a little early for Houston, though, um, because I will say that um, this is Houston's fifth game, only their fifth game, even though it's the Kings' sixth game. So it's kind of relatively early in their schedule. So, um, yeah, I'll definitely call this one a loss. Uh, Next we have the Pelicans again, this time on equal footing. uh, uh, I believe that's correct. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I think that they're splitting it more than likely, and I said uh, an L for the first Pelicans game. So I'm going to say that, you know, both teams are competitive, This, assuming that's the case, and both teams are really still fighting for that potential 8-9 spot. I think this could be the most entertaining game of the 
of the bubble um, outside of any potential playoffs that go on or play in. And yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to chalk this one up as a win for the Kings here. Cause like I said, I think they end up splitting. Agreed. I agree. I like the logic and let's move quickly to the last game on the schedule. The Kings will close their regular season August 13th against the Los Angeles Lakers. Man, this one, if it matters for the Kings and it doesn't for the Lakers, it should be a win. But that also terrifies me. Um, I'm going to call it a win, but this game will scare me even if the Lakers have nothing to play for. Yeah, no, definitely. And I think that uh, if the league really wants the Pelicans in the playoffs, they can always call up LeBron and be like, hey, just go play tonight. Uh, you got to pretend like you're you're trying to get back in the groove and you, you and AD got to go out there and take care of the league's business for them. Uh, no, I kid about that, I guess, but <laughs> I don't know. I guess. I guess. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, it's this is when you want to play the Lakers. This is the only uh, team in the top five of either conference that the Kings are going to play. By far the best team on their schedule. You know, but that, again, like I said early on, that may be a good thing. It It, it could really flip to the point where, they're going to be so locked into the one seed that they just have nothing to gain from playing hard, playing with their best players on the floor. So, yeah, I mean, I think I I, I feel comfortable. I I feel comfortable calling this a win. I do. Yeah, you're not ready for the Taylor Horton Tucker thirty piece right here. You just you never know. <laughs> you never know, and I, and I I don't know. I maybe I you know you tweeted about this this game being a. a a potential rest situation for the Lakers. I retweeted that saying, I just don't want to count on anything right now. Like I have no idea what 2020 is. 2020 is so different. I could see for whatever reason, like them more slowly ramping up LeBron and like maybe playing him less in the early games and getting him going later. Or like, I really don't know. I have no idea how rest is going to work, uh, how scheduled rest is going to work for, you know, load management and all those stuff all those purposes, but yeah, just to run down what we counted out here, we got four clear wins, two clear losses, and then a borderline win and a borderline loss. Uh, so that's a total of five and three, but it seems like those, those two swing games could be pretty important. That Orlando game and that first Pelican game, I think that those are the keys to this. I think that they go four and two in the other six games and then it's it's really those two swing games that could could you know either launch them to six and two or keep them down to four and four. Totally agreed. Um I'd like to think that energy and playing hard won't be an issue here, but there's times where we've seen the team get a little discouraged and yeah, like I said, I think that they take that first one against San Antonio and being able to win a second one in a row and kind of move forward with that, this Orlando game, I think you're right. It's going to be very pivotal here. Obviously, those Pelicans ones that you touched on. And, you know, I mean, we have predicted games a lot before and been wrong plenty of times. It could be completely backwards here where they're beating the Rockets and losing to the Spurs because it's just the Kings and that's what happens. Um, but, yeah, I mean, overall with the schedule they're working with, I, I think they are in a position where – it's totally feasible to think that they are in that nine or eight spot and potentially ending this uh, this playoff drought. Yeah, so let's do this. Um, 
I think this would be fun. I'm going to do the same thing for you, but in a, in a lightning round version where we're not going to talk about it. I'm just going to give you the game, and you're going to tell me win or loss, and we're going to do this for the Trailblazers and the Pelicans. You ready? Okay. All right, this is going to be the Trailblazers. First game uh, against Memphis. Mm, that's a win. All right, Boston. It's a loss. Houston. It's a loss. Denver. We'll say they steal one. It's a win. Clippers. Oh, God, it's a loss. Philly. It's a loss. It's a tough schedule. Yeah. Uh, Dallas. Man, um, we'll say they win that one. Oh, you're being kind. All right, yeah. uh, and Brooklyn to end it. That's a win. That's a hard schedule. That's a really hard schedule. Wow. Listen to that stretch, that middle of their schedule. Boston, Houston, Denver, Clippers, Philly, Dallas. Wow. Yeah. That's that a wild real, stretch. That makes me feel real good about Sacramento's schedule. So that's four and four you got for the Blazers. And I was nice on two of them. And you were nice. I think that with that, because remember everyone out there, the Blazers and the Pelicans are tied with the Kings, but they both own a tiebreaker. So the Kings need to win one more game than both these teams. By our predictions, it seems like they will win one more game than the Blazers. But let's you know, let's get to the main event here with the Pelicans. Uh, I'm going to pull up their schedule, give you the same rapid-fire technique here. Game one, Pelicans against the Utah Jazz. Mm, I think the Pelicans win that with no Bogdanovich. Clippers. That's a loss. Grizzlies. Oh, God. Um, we'll call it a win. All right, and then this is the first sack uh, game, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go with our previous guests here. They're gonna win that first Sacramento game. Mm-hmm. Next up is the Wizards. That's a win. Then the Spurs. Oh shit, that's a win. Then they're gonna lose their second game against Sacramento. Oh god, after so there are two games before the Sacramento one is the the Spurs and the Wizards. Yeah. Oh, man. Okay. They're going to be in good shape. Yeah. Uh, and then their final game is against uh, against Orlando. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think Orlando could have something to play for. I don't know. I'd still give that to the um, Pelicans. So they're going to go 6-2, and two, which is good enough to beat the Kings pretty substantially. So I think as our base prediction here, what we've got, is the Pelicans finishing one game ahead of the Kings? Uh, and I don't. By the way, we didn't really talk about this, but I don't think anyone thinks that you know the Grizzlies are going to be caught. Three and a half games is a, is a ton to make up in in eight games. Um, I don't really. I mean, like, assuming the Pelicans go six and two, that means the Grizzlies got to go two and six. I frankly don't really see that, considering how much they have to play for. Yeah. Um, so we'll put that to the side. But I will say this. Assuming you think the Pelicans go 6-2 and two and the Kings go 5-3, and three, if the Kings win both games against the Pelicans, that means the Kings would make the playing game. Yeah. Yeah, I think, I mean, with having two games against what is probably their biggest competition, I mean, they hold a lot of their fate in their own hands. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is the path right here. If the Kings are going to make the play-in game against the Grizzlies, the play-in miniseries against the Grizzlies, I think that's absolutely how it has to go. I think they beat the Spurs, beat the Magic, lose to Dallas, got to beat the Pelicans twice, beat the Nets, lose to Houston, and get lucky on a on a rest day from the Lakers. I think that's the path. Uh, you got to go six and two, and both of those wins got to be against uh, two of those wins got to be against New Orleans, and and you're in. Yeah, I mean, I think it's definitely doable, man. It's gonna. I, I still think these first couple games. I mean, like I've said, I think they're a streaky team, and you got a little bit of energy going. I mean, they can definitely play at a very high level, and like I said, it's doable. So it, it's gonna be fun to watch if everything does end up taking place um, under safe circumstances, obviously. And yeah, man, I think that's most of what I got here. Is there anything else you feel like you want to touch on? That's it, man. Um, yeah, make sure you uh, check out our new partner, the Kings Herald. Um, we're really excited to be joining our podcast with that group. Um, yeah, go read the stuff over there all the time. Um, everyone over there is working really hard, and we're really excited excited to get this going. Yeah, and if you happen to be a new listener hearing of us from that site, definitely give us feedback. Let us know what you're thinking. Like Rich said, we like to have listeners on the show at times, and we'll take show ideas, anything like that. Um, you can follow the show on Twitter, and that would be the best place to message us, at Kings underscore Pulse. But that's going to do it for this episode of the Kings Pulse podcast. Thank you to everybody for listening. If you One, uh, one more thing we just want to make sure we plug. Um, when you are at kingsherald.com uh, please do check out the Patreon uh, for $5 a month you can support local Kings coverage by fans for fans um, you know this is a group that was unfortunately you know pretty unceremoniously dropped from a bigger network that frankly you know replaced uh, Kings writers with Lakers fans um, you know I'll be blunt about it uh, yeah I mean these are good guys these are all Sacramento fans, um, and I, 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 I highly suggest you visit the Patreon there, patreon.com slash Definitely, and if you enjoy the podcast, we also would appreciate a five-star review, subscribe, and like the show. Yeah, definitely, like you said, check out everything going on with the Kings Herald. Uh, their Patreon and everything going on in there, and you'll hear from the, us at the King's Post Podcast in the next couple of days here. 